Welcome to Do The Right Film. My name is Harvey. My name is Sean. Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, lonely today. There's only two of us. Mm-hmm. For all that remains. Yeah. Send hope. Yeah, it's the first time we're doing a two-man uh, podcast. Uh, Steve and Thomas are not here today for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're going to review The Favorite, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, we also have a topic. We're going to talk about historical movies that we don't really care true or not and uh we're also going to talk about some movies we watched during the week before yeah before we get started uh what's going on sean um well how was your trip you want to talk about that oh yeah that's true from an epic eight-day trip yeah it was like a seven or eight-day trip um i don't know how how detailed do you want (laughs) Um, did you like it (laughs) yeah i did like it it was a lot of fun nice um did you see big sir I did see Big Sur. I went from like Los Angeles, Southern California, uh, stayed in Santa Cruz, uh, spent a lot of time in Los Angeles, went up to Big Sur, saw some Pacific Ocean, saw some uh, woods, then went to Monterey, um, Santa Cruz, um, Yosemite, Tahoe, and then uh, Reno. It was a lot you, of fun. you gambled, right? I gambled a little bit, um, oh. like a little bit, like one hand, <laughs> because um, I was playing like three card poker. But uh, the rules were very different for some reason than what I played. Um, I've won a decent amount of money on three card poker, but there uh, I lost money and I immediately quit because I wasn't about to go broke nice. in Reno. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice trip. I got a lot of uh, cool photos. Cool. Where are you going next? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about Mars, maybe. Maybe nice. I could sign up. Nice. I've been good. I was here. I went to uh, Red Hook. I never went to Red Hook. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> is that where the Ikea is? Yeah, that's in Red Hook. Yeah, I went there. It was pretty cool. There's a lot of shops and stuff there. That's all I did while you were gone. But, um... Did you get anything from Ikea? No, I didn't actually go to Ikea. I just went to the area. I saw it from this one other store that I was in, um... What the hell is it called? Oh, Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> That's oh, you better say some local store with a weird name. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, well, um, I haven't been doing much. Uh, it's December, Christmas around the corner. Um, I don't know what to get people, so that's what I'm dealing with. Yeah, that can be really difficult. I like for people to tell me what they want. That's that's the easiest. Yeah, way. I usually what every year I usually text my mom and ask her what she wants. So I usually get her the same thing every year. I get her. It's kind of awkward. I get her um, a gift card to Victoria's Secret. That is. So strange. she get all the thongs she wants. That's <laughs> that's usually what a husband or a boyfriend does. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, I guess it's great to know that your money's going to buying your mom underwear. Yeah. You want to talk about some movies? Um, well, I wasn't here for like uh, two episodes or so, three maybe. So you got a bunch of movies? <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about that. I just want to go through <laughs> some of my uh, stuff here that, I, that I'll just briefly mention. I just want to briefly mention their Raiden. It's kind of ironic, actually, because you weren't here for a couple, couple episodes, mm-hmm. and we mentioned it on every episode, and then <laughs> you come, and then Steve and Shovel aren't here. Yeah, I know. That's kind of weird. Um, okay, so a couple things that I did watch. 
I did see. I watched it. I'm sure the the guys have talked about this on the podcast, or I don't, I don't know if you guys have, but the Ballad of Buster Shrugs. Yeah, they did. Okay, so I haven't seen it yet. I was a big fan of that. I think it's uh it's it, it's actually a lot like um, what we're going to talk about, the favorite, where it's kind of like a twist on a certain genre, but uh, in a in an accessible way that makes any sense. Um, was a big fan of that. Uh, I think it's one of Coen's brothers' return to form in terms of uh, their early work, like um, let's say uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou," stuff like that. Um, I gave that a five out of five. Oh really? I watch a lot of stuff I've seen in the past, like uh, Mr. Brooks. I don't know why I rewatched that. I watched. Um, Is that the one with uh, who's in that? Mr. Brooks. That's um, Kevin Costner and Dane Cook. Do you know? Oh the, yeah, the, I was thinking of. He plays uh, a serial killer, and uh, <laughs> Dane Cook catches him. Yeah, in the act. I was thinking of uh, Michael Clayton. Michael Clay. Oh, that's completely different. Yeah, yeah. that is, dif- that is <laughs> that, different. That's a drama. Yeah. Um, watched Train to Busan for the first time. I liked that a lot, quite a bit. I gave it a three and a half. That was fun. I rewatched that recently. Like the, the only, week, the only thing I would ago. say with that, about that movie is that I don't like the ending. Um, not a big fan of the ending. It could have gone a different way, and it was kind of sloppy. Yeah, I think it was a really dumb ending. Um, let's see what else I got here. I also I do have some new watches that I'll briefly mention. I did get around to see um Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, I went to see that uh, that one theater that's known for bed bugs. Do you know what I'm talking about? In Times Square? Yeah. Yeah, that's right next to my job. Yeah, so it was the only one that was showing it at the time slot, and I was afraid, but checked my seat with my phone, and it was all good. <laughs> um, Ralph Brooks and Internet, it was pretty good. Um, not as good as the first. Uh, it's kind of, it's, it feels as if it's some kind of weird TV continuation of it. it they stray away from the character traits that I like of Ralph in this one. Um, I gave that three out of five. It's got a weird title too. Why, yeah, it is weird. Why wouldn't it be Ralph Rex the Internet? It's, it, it almost seems like a straight to one of those like straight to DVD um, Disney or Pixar films. Oh yeah. Like you remember when they used to make like Pocahontas two, Mulan two. Yeah. It reminds of uh, films like that. That sucks. I really like the first one a lot actually. Same. Um, I saw one of the worst movies I'd seen in my entire life. Um, the biggest the possession of uh, Emily Rose or whatever <laughs> Hannah Grace Hannah Grace yeah. <laughs> Emily Rose is the one yeah that's the like old early two thousands whatever but um the biggest question about this movie is that okay first it's terrible let's get that out of the way but I'm trying to I've been trying to debate with my girlfriend which is worse Winchester or this movie and I think this one's slightly worse the Winchester yes it is so like Winchester. I didn't. I while watching, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is bad. But this movie was actually painful to sit through, and it was like an hour and forty minutes or some shit like that. But, um, and while watching this movie, I said to myself, I think I'm done with possession movies for a long time. I've seen way too many of these movies, and they always include like the girl's name in the movie for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like to give some authenticity to the movie to make yeah. it seem like it's like a. But if you start typing in IMD with the possession of. There's so many movies yeah. with this certain title, like, like Emily Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one was a uh, horseshit to the max. Um, I gave it a half star because I guess you had to. Is it because they just made dumb decisions, or was it just well, like every in, other? There's a trailer for this movie that uh, came out like about two months ago, and it looked interesting. Um, they seem to focus a lot on the actual girl that's that was possessed, and her walk around this creepy 
morgue facility. In this movie, they focus he- in the actual movie. They focus heavily on the living character, which is um, I can't remember her name in the movie, but uh, she's a person who's uh, starting her first day or first shift at this morgue overnight. And there's so many backstory to her character and the characters that surround her life that the the possessed uh, morgue body or possessed dead body sort of in the back burn and it really only comes into the comes into play in the end and when it does it's uh very mediocre and boring it's just a very boring movie um i don't see how this movie got made uh looking at the director's track record he's made nothing but horseshit what else has he made um he's made some films uh, a movie called daglight that looks like crash a bunch of other crap that i haven't seen um I did watch something that I like quite a bit um, at Eternity's Gate. Vincent Van Gogh movie starring Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Also got Mads Mikkelsen in this movie. What else we got in here? There's a bunch of people in here that I like a lot. But uh, this movie isn't just... uh, It's not for everybody. First of all, the cinematography is kind of uh, hard to get used to. It's shot like a five-year-old held a camera the whole movie. Um after a while, it does grow on you, and it does work to its advantage for the character and his depression and struggle and the way he moves around rooms and the way he's trying to navigate through his life. Um, I can see the decisions for that. Um, but the story itself and the performance by Defoe is incredible. I think... Did he win an Oscar last year? Uh, for uh, I think Project? he did. Did he? I think he did for remember. Florida Project. Or was that... Uh, I'm not sure. Uh I don't remember, but I know he was nominated. Yeah, he was definitely nominated. Um, I think this is an Oscar-worthy role. If I had to pick, like, top performance of the year, this is definitely, like, number one. So you think he'll be nominated again? I think so, yeah. Um, the movie itself is incredible as well. I, I, I do want to see it again, and it's a style of film that I like a lot. The performances are incredible. Oscar Isaac does a good job. Um, there's there's a small cameo role from... um. Mads Mikkelsen is really good as well. Um, yeah, it was Sam Rockwell that won for three yeah, billboards. Yeah, I was say, I think they were going that Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, big fan of this movie. Gave it a four out of five. If you if it's coming to a theater near you, because I think it's still select, you should definitely check it out. Uh, it sheds some light on Van Gogh's career and like his depression. It solely uh, focuses on his struggle and like the last, I would say the last days of his life. That's uh, probably not known to most people. Um, I also watched, rewatched Broken Flowers, one of my faves of Jim Jarmusch, um, that holds up at a four and a half, and, uh, I think that's it, yep, that's it, that's all I get, well, I also have some other rewatches as well, I rewatched, um, so I married an axe murderer, still funny, <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't seen that in a long time, did I ever talk about Slenderman? I think you did. Maybe I did. I think you did. Okay. Yeah. All right then. So yeah, that's it. What do you have? Um, I don't have that much. Um, right now I only got one that I can remember. Um, I watched the uh, the Little Hours. I think. Um, I think maybe you talked about this on the podcast. Wait, didn't you already talk about this? Oh no, you didn't, right? No, I no, I just saw it like uh, a day ago. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think it was Steve actually that talked about it. I think it was you and Steve that talked about it on the podcast. Um, oh yeah, I saw it a few days ago. I I, uh, I think I I think uh, I talked about his first film, Life of Beth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think uh, Joshy as well. So, have you seen Life of Beth? 
I haven't. I saw Joshy though. Okay, so then if you'd seen Life of Beth, you'd seen his entire uh, filmography. He's only made three movies. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I I remember yeah liking Joshy a little bit. Um, I didn't like Little Hours that much. Yeah, uh, it's basically what I said. <laughs> really? It's a very odd movie. It's a really weird movie, but not in a good way. I think the concept behind it is uh, kind of interesting. You it's like it. it's like a cheap version of the favorite, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. It's a uh, yeah. You got these uh, nuns that are kind of like emotionally uh, disturbed and just fucking crazy and doing bad in, shit. Uh, set in a medieval time period, right? Yeah, it's uh, like maybe like the 1300s or 1500s, something like that. Uh-huh. But they're, uh, it's really weird and it's really, the movie itself is like really messy and confusing. It like introduces these characters in a really weird way and like they have these really weird fucking arcs that come out of nowhere and like lead nowhere. Um, there isn't really a centralized character for the most part. I would say maybe Dave Franco, but he like is introduced like yeah. maybe 20 minutes into the movie and then like. It just shifts perspectives constantly, and it, like... Um, it focuses a lot on sex, too. Yeah, it focuses a lot on sex, but some of it's, like, remember. funny, but some of some of it's just, like... It's all ridiculous, but it's not as funny as it as it needs to be in order to make this, like, a good movie. There, there's been this trend. I think um, I think it really started with uh, Taika Waititi, kind of, like, doing this Monty Python, like, modern take on that genre. Yeah, like like, a, like really irreverent. Yeah, like, and then like this film came along, and I guess you can say the favorite along is along that line as well. It is, yeah, it is similar to that, but not nearly as funny, and is mm-hmm. is just super fucking messy. Um, like trying to get a story out of it was really difficult because it just kept leading to these weird places and uh, these arcs that kind of went in these weird places and then eventually went nowhere. I did like seeing, uh, I don't know, like. Audrey Plaza. Uh, yeah, Audrey Plaza and her making who, out with like Jemima Kirk and shit. Whose titty did we see? <laughs> Whose titty? It was somebody. There was a couple titties. It was a noble one. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There was like Jemima Kirk got naked. She she gets naked all the time. She got naked in girls all the time. Let's see. I've never um, seen somebody's tit. <laughs> and going, oh. I don't know. I think Aubrey Plaza. I, I, think, I, think it was Aubrey, I think it was Aubrey Plaza, actually. She, Aubrey Plaza got naked, which was unusual. She usually doesn't but yeah it was yeah i think you're right it was interesting seeing them go go that far for this movie because right, I mean, right. it, it it definitely isn't worth it but i mean it was interesting to see and there's some laughs that i got but overall yeah it's pretty unfunny for the most part even though it is very ridiculous and um yeah i i just didn't enjoy this movie i'd probably give it a maybe a two two out of five um right Trying to think of what else I saw. I watch, I rewatched Blade Runner on a plane, uh, <laughs> coming back from California, uh, twenty forty nine, and uh, that held up. That's like the fifth time I've seen it though, but it held up. It's really weird. They, uh, I guess, on Alaska Airlines, they uh, they blur out so much in the movie that it was difficult to even watch it. Yeah, like even the statues in the Vegas, in the Vegas scene, like the the statues are naked. They were like blurring out the the breasts and and uh even the language was like edited for some reason like who else is fucking listening to this it was just me with my headphones on so that was really upsetting <laughs> but um yeah it was a still a five out of yeah, five watch if it I'm was t- it was audrey plaza yeah yeah did you just google it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, I'm trying to think of what else I watched. Somebody uh, made a gif of it on Reddit. Really? I mean, yeah. I don't know why I said really. Of course they did. Um, I haven't really watched anything else. I've been gone for like a week. Nothing on the trip? Um, no. I didn't watch anything. Mm. Um, I didn't really have time to. No, but uh, the last one you guys recorded, anybody lose the game? Yeah, it was uh, Thomas. He lost the game. It? I signed him something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, hopefully he uh, he reviews that next week. I'm not sure if he's seen it. All right. Well, I guess that's it for us. <laughs> you want to talk about the favorite? Yeah, let's jump in. Here's a clip. Dearest Queen, you are mad. Giving me a palace. It is a monstrous extravagance, Mrs. Molly. We are at war. We won. Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. The Queen is an extraordinary person. They were all staring, weren't they? I can tell even if I can't see. And I heard the word fat. Fat. And, and ugly. No one but me would dare, and I did not. She's been stalked by tragedy. Everyone leaves me. Dies. I apologize for my appearance. I hoped I might be employed here by you as something. A monster for the children to play with, perhaps. It was a great clip, right? Yes. Yes, a lot of, a lot of nudity in that. You can see it, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, the favorite was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about his movies a couple times on the podcast, actually. Um, here's a synopsis. In 18th century England, the close relationship between Queen Anne and Sarah Churchill is threatened by the arrival of Sarah's cousin, Abigail Hill, resulting in a bitter rivalry between the two cousins to be the Queen's favorite. Um, you want to go sh- first, Sean? Sure. Okay. Um, so last year, I think around this time, we reviewed um, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. I just thought about, holy shit, how is this guy dishing out movies so quickly? Yeah, so so, so that apart. means he was like shooting back to back. Basically. Thinking about it now. Well, I guess the same for um, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Who did um, Suspiria and also Call Me by Your Name? Because that came out last year too. This time of year. Yeah. Damn, these guys are just working, grinding it out. But um, yeah. So first thing I like to say about this movie, I personally think that this is a his most accessible film for mainstream audience. Um. Even though uh, his his first two films, or not first two, but the last two films he made are more modern films in 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 the sense of like a time period, uh, I think in terms of um, the comedy aspect is a lot more in mainstream. That's I think true. a lot of people will enjoy it for the the comedic aspects. Uh, the set design is pretty different. Uh, I say that in terms of um, it feels authentic because I. I I believe when I read online, they didn't shoot uh, in in studios. I think they actually shot in actual like mansions in England from the 18th century. Um, the movie itself is, I personally think, near flawless. Um, the character development is it starts pretty. Uh, it's if it flushes out every character in the movie. To the fullest, to the from beginning to end, I think um, performances are super strong. I think equally the three leads are um, evenly um, matched. 
Coleman. What's her name? Coleman. Plays Queen Anne? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, Olivia Coleman. Yeah, she was great. Uh, Emma Stone's amazing as well, and so is uh, Rachel Weisz. They're all powerful leads in this movie. I think he did a good job of casting everyone. Um, set this, like I mentioned, set design is, is uh, incredible. What's also uh, pretty interesting, it's also a character himself, is the the choices of uh, Lenzen. He uses, um, I don't think he's done this in his other movies, he's used wide angles, but in this movie he has actually fish eyes. Yeah, fish eye and like that carriage scene. Yeah, and it's crazy. Most of the scenes in this movie takes place in uh, Queen's Anne's bedroom. And a lot of the cinematography is just a cameraman in the actual corner of the room, like where the two walls meet, and there's just a fisheye just sitting there. And you're watching these uh, pieces of play out, and the fisheye serves the um, characters because you're, whenever they're moving around, your eyes are focused on these like beans that are moving around the room. And it's a pretty interesting. It's almost like watching a play on, on a voyeur aspect. It's hard to describe, but if you once you see the movie, you'll see you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I think the male characters are pretty funny. I think they serve a good role in the movie. The writing that obviously that all comes down to writing. Apparently, from what I read online, this movie uh, they started writing this in 1998, and it's based on a portion of a true story from letters uh, from Queen Anne and I guess some of her mistresses, which is pretty funny. Um, most of it, uh, people don't really understand how true it is, but uh, I don't think it matters. Um, I think the story is, uh, it mainly comes from um, Yorgos's mind, if, if, uh, if I had to assume. It seems like a style of story that he would pick and alter. Um, but yeah, big fan of the movie. I think the, the strongest part, portion of the movie is just the plot itself. It's, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen the trailer, but uh, there's, a, there's a central plot in the movie uh, that came out of uh, left field for me. Um, I didn't think that uh, the movie would deal heavily on that subject. If you know what I'm talking about, Harvey. Yeah, I think I know. What you're was about. it in the trailer? I, I no, I've ever seen no. the trailer. Okay, cool. No, so yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a. Uh, well, I don't know. People probably aren't very familiar with Queen Anne and like uh, Queen Anne's life, so it probably could be a spoiler. Right. Um. But yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely more interesting to see it played out on screen. Um, I do agree that the performances are really strong, especially uh, by like the three female leads. Um, the character developments also, like you said, are pretty incredible. It's interesting to see, especially Emma Stone's character, uh, Abigail, how she comes from uh, being this fairly nice and and um, wholesome girl. And you see her sort of... Uh, I don't know, sort of come into her own, but also yeah. be corrupted by. Her I think I think I, I think that uh, her true uh, intentions were always there, but I think that you think she always in. Yeah, think I think always... I, uh, I think that all that has a lot to do with her background and her her family as well. If um, there's a bit of dialogue about her father, and there's also some some um, clues to her intentions in the beginning as well. So I think that was always there. I think that. It was a grand plan. I don't want to give too much away, but I think, like I said, I think that's something that was always there in her plan. Yeah, could could have been. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the performances were incredibly strong, um, and the development for all three of the characters was so evenly evenly paced and even and like evenly distributed. Um, you really see all three characters really grow, and by the end of the film, you have this real 
really clearly defined arc for for all the characters. Um, the cinematography, like you mentioned, was really fucking, really fucking good. Um, it it was very unconventional too. Like you mentioned, like I was thinking that when I came out of the theater, like what do they do? Just fucking place a camera like on a shelf in the corner and just let what happened happen. But I think it really worked well in this film and I don't think it could work well in a lot of films because mm-hmm. like the subject matter that takes place in this film it seems like stuff that would happen behind closed doors and this does give you like that voyeuristic feel it feels like you're like a servant or something in the corner watching this stuff that you shouldn't be watching and um, you have these people like in the Queen's Manor uh, room and stuff and it's playing out mm-hmm. as it should behind closed doors and you're sort of like a fly on the wall watching all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, the music also re- worked really well in this film, and that was another thing that yeah, it's, I love. It's simple too. They use a lot of just like it's just classical note instruments. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, like classical music, mm-hmm. but it it's done in the most unconventional way too. At the same time, because um, you have these really high tension moments and uh, uh, like high anxiety moments, especially dealing with the, with the queen. Because she is a, uh, if you've ever read about her, she she was like a very um, anxious and um, sort of interesting interesting person, and uh, I think the movie plays really well with her character and those moments where she's like freaking out and shit, and you hear like the classical music, and it's such a simple and like elegant music, like as she's supposed to be, like an elegant queen. But it's like loud and disturbing at the same time, sort of like her fucking character. Right. Um, so I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- going back to the progression of the characters, I think that there's a lot that develops and there's a lot that's uh, interesting about each character. Uh, for example, Queen Anne, I think that for the most part, she's dealing with a lack of, I guess, motherhood. And that's her greatest tragedy. Uh, Rachel Wise's character, she's dealing with control, like, the whole, her whole thing in this movie is control. She wants to control the queen. She wants to control the kingdom and the uh, the country through her. And Emma Stone's character is just dealing with a person who just wants to, I guess, matter and just be a part of this environment. And all of that is heavily flushed out and well told. And I think that's just, it, for me, that's probably one of the strongest aspects of the story. And then we also have that subplot that I won't give away that comes into play that uh they all use to their advantage to basically get to where they want to get through the queen yeah um it's interesting thinking about um like Emma Stone's character because you said that you think that she I don't think it's a spoiler to to say that her intent is to get power um I think that's or to mm-hmm. like uh or to elevate her status i think that's definitely defined or told through the through the trailer but um that being like her intention the entire time i i considered that that was the case but i think it's i don't know i think it's more fun to to think that it wasn't was there um i don't remember the lobster was there rabbits in the lobster there could have been a I remember could have been images a rabbit. of, of rabbits in the lobster because there's a lot of imagery of rabbits in this uh, film as well. I was trying to think, like, uh, was there also a rabbit in Killing of a Sacred Deer? 
I don't know why, but I just have images of rabbits in all of his films. I don't remember if there was um rabbits. I was just randomly thinking that. about that. But um, yeah, I don't think I'd have like a pretty limited knowledge of Queen Anne stuff that I picked up uh, like in my English lit classes in college. But I don't remember her having fucking rabbits. So I, I so I've been trying to think of what that means in terms of story, not only what we're told, but what what else it can mean. I don't remember rabbits being in uh, the lobster. It could have been though. But um, I, I like how they're using. I, I definitely like the ending because that, that sort of uh, drew my own conclusion, I guess, from uh, what those rabbits symbolize and uh, how they relate to the queen and and uh, and and her story. Um, yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, I I would agree that I think this is a, like a fucking near perfect movie. Yeah, it's it's difficult for me to find any faults in it if I'm honest. It seems very authentic. Um, obviously the movie's draped in this uh historical fiction period piece drama slash comedy but uh that's just really the set i would say the the backdrop of the movie and what it really deals with just these characters in this time period and it's uh i guess for lack of a better word it doesn't doesn't um have these stereotypical positions of women in that in that uh period it it seems as if the most of the power in this movie is controlled by the women in this small environment that we're shown. Yeah, that the is true. The men are just kind of like in the backdrop as like these cowardly people. Yeah, like they're like pawns basically to these three women's whims basically. And um and yeah. they're they're like the dynamic and their struggle between each other. Um I think for the most part that's pretty much true for what happened. Um there's there's several things, obviously things that we can't really mention that uh, that historians don't really know if it's true or not. But I think uh, Yorgos and I believe someone else co-wrote it. But uh, I think they just went on the basis or the the assumption of writing a movie that what if this was true and what if mm-hmm. what if it did go down like that? And um, it's pretty fucking entertaining and it's really good. Yeah, um, I, w- I would like to see it again. I saw it at uh, uh, I'd like to see it Alamo, which was actually a really good uh, showing of this movie. It was really big and loud, and uh, I got to eat um, tacos. <laughs> I think that seems like a like a messy thing to eat while yeah. watching a movie, especially with, like with, in the with, dark with, <laughs> with French press coffee. Oh yeah, this is the weirdest <laughs> show of my life. I loved it. Yeah. Um, what else? I think uh, Nicholas Holt, um, speaking of like the men in this movie, I think Nicholas Holt was... Um, this is probably his a, best role. It was I, a I've, really good I, role. I've like hated him in a lot of movies <laughs> really? for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, he just seems like this guy who can't, who comes onto the scene and he's already like the shit. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he doesn't seem I don't think relatable I've seen in anything that I've ever seen him in. But in this movie, his performances. Or his performance is incredible to the point where, like, um, I would like to see him in more. The last couple of things I've seen him in was, um, well, the X Men stuff. He was, I think, he was in Skins, the UK Skins as well. Mm-hmm. He kind of played like a dick, I think. Um, Mad Max. Yeah, he, he was, was in Warm Bodies too. Yes, and he was also in, um, uh, Kill Your Friends. Yeah, Kill Your yeah, Friends. I didn't see that. 
Like his character was a dick in this as well, but he was fucking like hilarious and 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 somewhat charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed like pretty much every scene he was in, especially like his interaction with the, his interactions with Emma Stone. Um, he was just like a straight yeah. asshole to how, her. How cool was that that uh, that that dance scene with Emma Stone and that dude? That was really that was it was like yeah, it was so strange. That was too. one of like my the, favorite scenes in the whole movie. I don't know how uh, like historically accurate like those the dance i, th- I think the it is actually is. because i looked it up and there oh, was yeah. some um there's like a video i found online where somebody's like teaching somebody how to dance in that fashion yeah it was like really strange to see but it was really fucking cool at the same time it was it was such a well done scene and yeah. um yeah like seeing how that affected the queen too was also really interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah it was so fucking well done it was like a beautiful scene like the just the cinematography if, of it. If you had to pick, what, do you, what would you say the central theme of the film is? Central theme? Yeah. There's a lot going on, but... Uh, I don't know if I could pick one theme. I mean... I'm not sure. If I'm honest, I think there's several themes. Um, love and... Like power or the quest yeah. for power and... I would say definitely that. Betrayal. And there's a, control and jealousy. Jealousy is a big one. Um, yeah, I guess so. Jealousy is very big in this. Um, I think this is the first Yorgos movie that I could recommend to anyone to. I think I can't imagine someone not enjoying this, even as like a even at the two hour mark, huh? Yeah, it's long. It is long, and it it, and it is a period piece. But I think that it's one of the best period pieces I've seen in a really long time. Oh, that's something else that I did like. I did like how they separate the films and acts and every act has a, a piece of dialogue from the upcoming <laughs> yeah. scene and it was interesting because you're wondering okay what context does this uh come this is, yeah 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 because some of it was like ridiculous yeah um, i remember yeah. one was like um i don't fucking remember i'll what stab you in your eye yeah i'll stab yeah. you in your eye that was the one yeah <laughs> i was like how the but, fuck um, is it gonna come up but yeah i had I a dream this, that i, stabbed I think you this in movie eye. is incredible um he did it again i don't know how he does it he's amazing um this is probably one of my favorites of his. I would say this is probably like number two. It's up there for me too. Yeah. Um. I think Lobster is probably still number one. This is probably number two for me. Yeah. Same here. You want to rate it? Um. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Yeah. Um. I'm teetering between like a four and a half and a five. Yeah. But that's mostly because I think, like, in the context of this year, I haven't given many fives at all. I think, right. uh, like, in terms of this year versus last year. It's been a bit softer. I mean, I want to give it a five, but there's something, right? <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't think it's a five, but it's it's pretty close. I would give right. it like a strong four and a half too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody needs to see this immediately. So yeah, it's a great movie. And if you have Movie Pass, it's actually one of the movie uh movie passes actually pushing. So oh really? Yeah. I um gave up my Movie Pass. I did see it with a. AMC A list though. Cool. It's a nice showing. What do we do here now? Um, I guess we can move on to the topic. Okay. Or do we pick a movie for next week? I forget oh, yeah, which we one pick comes a movie. first. There's um, I actually have a list. Okay. Um, there isn't much to choose from next week, or this week. I'm sorry. Um, we have uh Spider Man into the Spider Verse. That looks and, incredible. Um, the Mule with uh, Clint Eastwood, the new Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, wait. Mary, uh, the big hit is Aquaman. Looks like horseshit, but... Aquaman? 
Yeah. I think that comes out uh, the 21st. It says here... Um, I knew he was going to fucking... Steve said Spider-Man. Um, December, mm, December 15th? December 15th. December 15th is Saturday. Okay, I'm looking at something different. Yeah, uh, Aquaman comes out the 21st okay. next Friday. Um, <laughs> that shit looks so bad. Looks like a CGI shit show. Yeah, so I ba- basically we have like Spider-Man, The Mule, um, Mortal Engines. Have you seen the trailer for that? What's it called? Mortal Engines. No, it's, I thought you said Mortal Instruments. No. Um, I know Peter Jackson's associated with it. I don't know if he... Um, it's like the movie with the the cities that have become like mobile, big oh, okay, mobile okay. fucking like car, I don't know, vehicles. Right. Um, it I looks think, really bad. Yeah. Uh, there's that one um, that's making the rounds right now. Uh, Beale Street could talk. There's that. Oh, I didn't know that came out. I thought it came out later. This. Uh... It says there December fourteenth. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also very excited about that. That trailer yeah. looks incredible. Um, wait, what the hell's the mule? The mule is Clint Eastwood's uh latest movie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, drug I mule. On this, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like Spider Man into the Spider Verse would be good. I think so too. The reviews have been pretty great. I think that's like a hundred percent so far. Yeah, but that that means we'll be watching two comic book movies back to back. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's if we pick Aquaman, but I can't imagine we won't pick Aquaman. Yeah, I just want to pick it because I I know it's gonna be so bad. Yeah, there's also well the following week we also got Mary Poppins, Bumblebee, <laughs> all this fucking shit. Yeah, um, I thought we'd get like a few gems. Yeah, around the year. There's off, also but. that really bad looking uh, Steve Carell movie, Marwin. You think it looks bad? Welcome to Marwin. I don't know. The trailer doesn't sell it. It looks, yeah, like it, at times it looks like too whimsical and uh, yeah. and silly. It could be fun though. Okay. I don't know. I I just want to see Steve Carell. If All I'm right, honest. let's do Spider Man. Fuck it. Uh, okay. Next week, look out That's... for a review of Spider Man. Yeah. Um, is there anything you're gonna personally watch? Yeah, if Bill Street could talk. Okay, I'm gonna go see uh, Lars Von Trez's new movie, um, the house that the Jack, Jack built. built. Yeah, yeah, that looks yeah. really good. That does look pretty and, good. Uh, Emily wants to go see tomorrow. Um, what the fuck is that movie? Shoplifters. I don't think I've seen that. What's it's that? A, it's a tri- it's um I believe if I'm not mistaken, the South Korean family uh, father is teaching his kids how to shoplift, <laughs> and it looks incredible. It looks like it could be the best movie of the year. Oh really? Yeah. I guess we'll. I guess we'll see. Um, I'm pretty excited for, if Bill Street could talk. I thought it was coming out next week, but yeah, yeah that's gonna be cool. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess we can move on to the topic. It's interesting, only being two of us. Oh, that other movie looks really good too. Um, Michael Sarah Tyrell. I have no idea what you're. You talking don't know about. what that is, dude. After the podcast, I'm going to show you the trailer. Okay. Okay, um, here's a topic. We're going to talk about some historical movies that we don't really care are true or not. Let me just read you real quick, since I have you here. You're going to read the synopsis? <laughs> it's very, very quick. Did uh, he, he's starring Tyler, in it? Uh, no, he's a, the main star is um, Max Born. Oh, okay. no. Well, we got Max Born, Michael Sarah, Jason Mitchell. 
uh, and that one dude, Caleb Landry Jones and Christopher Abbott. So it has a pretty cool cast. Um, Tyler spirals out of control when he realizes he's the only black person attending a weekend birthday party in a secluded cabin. <laughs> it looks funny as hell. I mean, he spirals out of control. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that looks really good. I've been dying to see that. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about that. I have no idea what you're talking about, but that does sound interesting. Um. So yeah, do you want to kick it off? or So we're doing... Uh, Historical films. I guess that we that we don't give a fuck <laughs> that it's inaccurate. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's one that always comes to mind. Uh, that is um, for example, The Last Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of things about this movie. Um, one from one a long time ago, I did some research on this. Uh, in this in the period of where the film takes place, there wasn't any more ninjas. <laughs> Uh-huh. around and uh, a lot of the japanese uh warriors use rifles yeah. not swords so there's that but it was an insane film I, d- I did like um tom cruise's role in this movie and i did like the story and also we have the whole white man savior thing going on that which is, didn't exist in that war that is true that, that feud so there's that so there's one boom <laughs> <laughs> okay um I think I'm gonna go with um, Braveheart. If I'm honest, really, that shit happened. <laughs> well, it didn't happen like that. I know, but there was a um, what's his name? Uh, wh- wait, who? Uh, Mel Gibson. No, what's his character's name? Um, William Wallace. William, there was Wallace. A real William Wallace. Yeah, he um, yeah. There's a lot exaggerated or just fabricated about his life. Yeah, it's almost like. King Arthur in a way. It's very King Arthur-esque. People didn't know anything about his life. Um, there's like the whole wife thing, which is pretty central to the entire plot and the story of uh, Braveheart, which she actually didn't exist in real life. But I think that's that's pretty much the entire Braveheart movie. There's, of course, the like the Scottish rebellion and uh, them wanting to be free of uh, English rule. But for him, for the most part, that was nearly entirely motivated by him losing his wife, her being killed by those fucking English aristocrats or whatever they were. Um, So without that, I think the movie is nearly a fucking sham, but it's still a great movie. Yeah, it's really good. It was before he lost his shit. (laughs) Mel Gibson? Yeah. (laughs) That's true. I think he he seems more normal these days. Less fucking uh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's still a rampant racist. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, I got another one, obviously. I think I know what you're going to say. What? You say it. You say it. Beautiful mind? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, John Nash didn't really imagine imaginary characters. He was just, he just had um, schizophrenia. In what form? Oh, I'm not sure. But um, he didn't imagine a fucking CIA agent and a English roommate as his best friend. But uh, the movie is fucking incredible, and it's uh, one of my favorites. And uh, I like Ron Howard in this form. But yeah, it's a lot of bullshit in it. That's true. Um, I guess my second one would probably be uh, Apocalypto. Um. 
I don't remember how this movie was received I mean, critically. That, that would have to be a lot of bullshit if you think about it. Yeah. Because how, how can anyone account for any of this shit? I mean, there's some things that we could account for, like um, like the Mayans. They were they were like so savage, and um, I just realized you just picked two Mel Gibson that, movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I knew that as I was saying. I was like, "Fuck it, this is the second. Do you remember Mel the Gibson. ending of that movie where he he finally gets the, to like the conquistadors yeah, show they, up? Yeah. Like obviously that didn't happen. No. The timing was perfect. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was very perfect. And what a what? How much would that suck? <laughs> like he just <laughs> escaped this, and then all these fucking European white people show up. Um, but yeah, the the minds were like super fucking s- savage in in that film. Um, the the human sacrifice part, they made it seem like it was just something they fucking did like constantly every day just capturing yeah. people they didn't fucking do that well they like sa- sacrifice people on occasion but not like that um well, what a chase movie huh it's a very good chase film and it's a uh, very it's very different mm-hmm. it's a uh, entirely on foot of course um i remember one of the biggest thing when this movie came out is the trailer had a cigarette burn of mel gibson smiling like a maniac do you know about this? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> After the podcast, look it up. The first trailer that was released, uh, there's a lot of like uh, quick cuts of mm-hmm. like images from the movie. And there's a one cigarette burn of him smiling. <laughs> it's true. Look it up. When you're I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the trailer, though, if I'm honest. Oh, okay. I don't remember the trailer at all. But um, I do remember that movie. I've seen it a lot. And uh, I really like it. Um... I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's probably all I got too. Also, um, I I think I've picked this for another podcast, but Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas. <laughs> I don't is, think uh, that happened the way it happened. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think any of that shit happened. I think. Uh, I think she Pocahontas saved him. What's his name? John. John uh, Smith. Yeah, she saved him. Jingleheimer? From being killed by like her dad or something, but that's like the, to the extent of their relationship. I believe they didn't fucking fall in love, and her life, if you've ever read about, it, was actually pretty sad. Yeah. Like she married like an Englishman or something, and then she went to England, I believe, and then and I think she died shortly after because she got sick. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, um, it's actually a pretty fucking sad story. <laughs> Not like the movie at all. Fucking mm-hmm. singing with birds and animals and shit. None of that happened. Um. Yeah. What do we do now? Do we uh? Should we play a game? I don't know. I feel like it's <laughs> not fair. It's, it's not fair. You want to Rochambeau <laughs> for a movie? Now it's not fair. <laughs> we can Rochambeau for a movie if you want. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. Fifty-fifty is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Someone has to uh, okay, be assigned fine, a movie it. next week, uh, or otherwise. Let's just do the dice. You want to do the dice? Yeah. Fuck it. All right. All right. I'm okay. gonna roll this fucking dice. <laughs> this is uh. This is our like rolling the of the dice game. Get wrecked. The uh, roll of the highest number gets assigned a movie to the roller of the lowest number. See, uh, Sean's going to go first. I'm going to roll it on the floor like that one game that people in the hood play. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. What's it uh, called? Bones? Or, uh... No, there's another name. <laughs> bones? <laughs> What's Bones? <laughs> there's another game. Well, I'm really showing my fucking colors here. Uh, <laughs> Carlitos? <laughs> Carlitos? <laughs> Isn't that a food? That's a por- that's like pork, isn't it? Corninas. <laughs> no, there's a fucking name. Like before I roll, I need to figure this out. It's fucking dice. It's bones. 
Okay. He shakes vigorously. You get to four. That's not a good thing. It's not good. Got a four. Seven. Fuck. I didn't okay. like these odds. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I've got a, I got a movie for you. Okay, go for it. Top of my head. It's a Brian De Palma film. It's called Body Double. Body Double? Yeah. What is that? It's a movie by Brian De Palma. What's it about? Uh, it's kind of difficult to explain. Uh, the main character witnesses a murder happen, and um, for the rest of the film, it's him trying to solve the mur- murder while also being very paranoid and dealing with uh, what he believes to be people following him and trying to prevent him from solving the murder. That sounds exactly like Blow Up. Yeah. Brian De Palma movie as well. Yeah. Um, it's yes. A, it's a really weird movie, and it's super 80s. But um, I saw it as a kid. Um, I'm down for that because I just watched his documentary, De Palma, which is also good. Oh, yeah. And um, I saw, I saw, um, I saw, uh, what's that fucking movie called? Blow Up. Yeah. Blow Up or Blow Out? Blow Out. out, Blow Out. Not too long ago. So, yeah, I'll review that. Cool. Um, I don't know if you'll like it or not. It is honestly a really weird movie and, um. I think it's a product of his time, but... Have you ever seen Bodyguard? I have seen Bodyguard. The Bodyguard? I like Bodyguard a lot. Okay, cool. That has um, nothing to do with anything. But. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for us. Yeah. This was a quick one. It's a very quick one. And uh, I'm sure it's released late in the week. But uh, what the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> You're asking the people or me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we are Do The Right Film. Uh, you can check us out on social media do the right film or uh, do the right film underscore podcast on instagram we also have a website do the right film.com if you're listening on itunes or whatever uh podcast listening app you're using it would be great if you could leave us leave us a review that would be very helpful um yeah all right toodaloo